I want you to to share with some of our listeners who who may be you know mothers who who may be partners who may be young women and men who who have children in their lives how can they teach their children what type of techniques can can they incorporate into their lives in in teaching their children and for themselves as well in in coping with unknown stresses? That's a powerful question. Um, when one of the things that I like to say as it results to, to having children or, or others who depend on, you know, you for guidance, for you to be strong, even with those unknown situations, the first thing I, I want them to do is acknowledge for a parent, a caregiver, acknowledge how you were feeling first. Mm. I want you to embrace yourself first. Listen to how you were feeling. Because you cannot ask or require a child to be regulated if you are not. Oof. You 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 speak in words of wisdom that um, that is so profound. It, it, and it, it takes time, and so but but and that's why I always say um, when a situation happens, don't be so quick to respond. Pause. Identify what you're going through. Identify it externally, identify it internally, what's happening inside of me right now. Because when, you know, when I was first diagnosed, and I you'll, you'll see that I'll always speak about me because um, I don't gossip other people's business, one, right? But two, I, I want you to know that I'm not afraid to say, hey, I've been there. Mm-hmm. So I'm diagnosed with cancer and I have to tell my children. The, and hearing cancer is like a truck. You, you got hit by, by a semi-truck, okay? And so I, I had to pause and identify what was just said to me. I had to pause and identify how I was feeling before I told my children, because I did not want to tell my children in a way that was not controlled. Because if I didn't have control of my thinking and um, if I wasn't regulated, it would be complete chaos for them. They would not know how to cope with it. So it took a couple days. I cried. I wrote. I prayed. I meditated. I screamed. I regulated. 
Because no matter how much I cried, how much I screamed, cancer was still there. Yeah. And so I said, okay, how am I going to go about this? What is my role in this thing? It's either that I'm going to cave or I'm going to fight. Mm-hmm. And I decided to fight. But one thing that I did not want to do with my children was to be dishonest. So I came out when I told them, I came out and I said, listen, um, this is what the doctor said. And I'm afraid. But I also have inner strength. Yeah. And I'm going through different emotions at different times. But one thing I know is that I'm not going to give up. I'm a fighter. Yeah, I'm not going to give up. I am going to let my life speak for as long as I have it. And so if I'm going to let my life speak, what will my life say? That's a very important thing. You must let your life speak. But if it will speak, what will it say? Because no one else is going to tell my story but me. And so I said to them, this is what the doctors are saying. This is what I'm thinking. My husband and I, you know, we sat down with them. This is what the doctors are saying. This is how I feel about it. This is what I'm thinking. How do you feel? Mm-hmm. That's the question. What's going on inside of you? And I gave them time to figure it out. It wasn't, okay, I told them the news now. Come on, tell me, what, what are you thinking? No, process this. Mm-hmm. I, I showed them um, what the doctors were saying. I told them what type of cancer it was, yeah. the stage that it was. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know what? I honored and I valued their input. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, it's, it's so interesting how sometimes we want to make children little adults and then <laughs> times we say, you're too young to know this. <laughs> we have to make up our minds how mm-hmm. we see our children. Years ago, I'm Caribbean as are you. I'm from mm-hmm. Barbados. Hey, Bajin in the house. Bajin in the house, right? (laughs) Years ago, the adults didn't share things with the children. It was none of their business. You didn't have a voice to it. A child must must stay in Mm -hmm. their place. And you know what happened? Those children grew up and then they went to the doctor. And the doctor asked them about their family history. Yeah. And they did not know family history. Mm Mm-hmm. And so the doctor will say, well, you know, does anyone have high blood pressure? Did anyone have high blood pressure in their family? And, well, you know, I'm not sure is the answer. And I happen to be one of those doctors that ask questions, right? Because we can predict from your trauma. We can predict from, you know, what has happened in the family lineage, 
what yeah. illnesses and diseases, how the probability of you being sick or, or you know, um, with any type of illness or what have you. So we ask questions not to be intrusive, but mm-hmm. because we're trying to gauge the probability of things, you know, happening in, in the health of our patients. I wanted to be honest. I didn't want to be that parent that never shared anything mm-hmm. with my children and didn't give them an opportunity to ask questions. And so little by little, um, they asked questions. They, they wanted to know what different things met, meant. And you know what's dangerous? It's, it's wonderful, but it's dangerous. The internet, this age mm. we are in. Mm-hmm. So now you tell a child, I have cancer, and they go looking up just cancer, and their minds are taking in information yeah. that might not pertain to your case. I knew that it was essential that I opened up dialogue where they came to me. Mm-hmm. They came to their dad. I opened the the um, the door to come to the doctor when I went, mm-hmm. so that they were active participants in this, you know, fight, mm-hmm. right? And so, so to be honest, going back to your question, so so it's to in, in identify. Embrace what you're going through. Embrace every part of of whatever situation you're in. Yeah. Be honest about it. And come up with a plan to execute whatever it is you need to. That could be looking for a professional in whatever aspect it is, whether it is health related, it could be finances, whatever resources are available. Include your children and speak to them at a level that they can understand. Mm -hmm. And if you're not sure, seek out help to help you convey the message properly. I didn't want to scare my children, but I wanted to be honest with them. Mm -hmm. And they actually respected that I gave them a voice. Yeah. That I valued them in the conversation. Absolutely. How old were they at that time? Um, my daughter was in, in her 20s at okay. that time. And I had high schoolers, so teenagers. Mm-hmm. And I had a son that was in middle school. Mm. So it wasn't as though I had um, adult children where they were on it. High schoolers that... Yeah that were also um, taking SATs and, Mm -hmm. you know, having to excel in their classes and, and, you know, a middle schooler, um, sixth grade, where you're, you know, you have to, they're trying to figure out who they are Mm -hmm. still in their lives. And now this happened. And remember, this is happening right after Superstorm Sandy, right Mm -hmm. after watching their mom have major back surgery. Now Mm -hmm. she's dealing with cancer. Cancer. And when I decided to fight, um, I'm a person of, of, you know, strong faith. I believe in God and I make Mm -hmm. no apologies for that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I embrace that as part of my superpower. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And I 
it's interesting how doctors, even though we function in science and we believe in science, you'll hear a doctor say, if you have faith in God, mm -hmm. um, you know, I want you to, to just really practice in your religion, pray, be positive. And, and so those are things that, that I did in, in my circle of trust. I did not tell everyone yeah. about what I was going through, but I did tell um, enough individuals that I knew would be praying and supporting mm -hmm. me in a positive way. Yeah. Um, and, and so the children had, you know, their grandparents and aunts and other individuals that they could go to also, in addition to my husband and I, to, to speak to, but be honest, yeah. value them. But, and, and in your honesty, once again, and this is very important, depending on their age, will require the strategy of the information that is shared. Mm -hmm. um, you have to share it in a way that they would understand yeah. and be loving. Um, but remember what I said beforehand, and I have to stress this, regulate you first. That's regulate you and your emotions first. Mm -hmm. I, I, as I said, I took a couple of days mm -hmm. um, and you know, I'm coming from being a clinician, right? So I understand mm -hmm. that somebody else may need um, a couple of weeks, a month yeah. before yeah. they share, two months maybe, to regulate themselves before they share information. But um, part of you regulating how you feel about it could be um, having to get support from, you know, a therapist, a, a mm -hmm. pastor, you know, your clergy member, your, your, you know, faith leader or whomever, but don't go into this, your self-regulation alone. Yeah. If you need help, get the help and be honest, be honest with you so that you can be honest with your children. Thank you. When you experience going through, you know, breast cancer mm -hmm. and you talked about just what it was like for you, going to the doctor and understanding your own medical history, your family medical history. I want to tie in something that sometimes I think individuals don't understand. And I know being a scientist yourself and a doctor, you understand how epigenetics work. Mm -hmm. You know, explain to our listeners just how the trauma that our grandparents and great-grandparents experience can actually be passed down through the DNA and will show up in generations down the line. Research that was done by Swiss doctor that they found, I mean, just in, you can find it in the sperm of the great, great grandsons of people who have experienced extreme trauma. How would you advise, you know, anyone on how to cope within their own traumas, not to activate and turn on these genes? which may affect their great or great grandchildren? Wonderful question. And, and yes, you know, we, we have seen um, how historical trauma has played a role in the very DNA of families. Um, you know, that the research showed that, that you know, um, there was a certain, um, in the UK, 
individuals who had a certain type of cancer and they were the only ones that that had this cancer and you know studies show that they were direct descendants of individuals that were a part of the holocaust so um trauma is passed through semen and so and it's even passed through what a mom who is with child how that trauma can be passed down through the placenta that trauma that we experience, if not regulated, will be passed down. And if that trauma is passed down, then, you know, I made a statement, trauma isn't just what has happened to you. It's also what happens inside of you as a result of what has happened to you. Trauma can take on mm -hmm. the, the face of, or the, the embodiment of, you know, disease such as, as you know, uh, diabetes, cancer, high blood pressure. And, and so we, we see how the upper extremities can have various types of, you know, bronchial issues, asthma, mm -hmm. all of these various things. And the lower extremities, you know, can, can move slowly. And so you start to see things like IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. And, you know, a lot of these things uh, can stem from trauma and mm -hmm. it is passed down and it's how the brain also perceives the situations that we go through and how we deal with stress because that's what it is, right? Our, our nervous system is engaged. That's what happens when you're experiencing a traumatic moment. Your nervous system is engaged and that that um, stress hormone, cortisol, it's almost as though your brain sometimes can be taking a bath in cortisol and, mm -hmm. and so and not the dopamine, which is the pleasure hormone. And so we have to be very, we cope with our, the situations in life. Now we have good stressors, right? I, I want to explain that. So good stressors are things like the first day of school, your first day at a job, um, your wedding day, the day you know you're going to get married, or or things like that. Those are good stressors. Negative stressors are those things that you know I, I, I mentioned beforehand, like the divorce or you know physical neglect, mental illness, incarceration, homelessness, violence poor housing quality and affordability, lack of, you know, opportunity and economic mobility, social capital, discrimination, poverty, you know, substance abuse, emotional abuse. And I mentioned all of those because I really want, you know, to draw a picture, uh, you know, for those, especially for those of the listeners that are visual, when you're faced with those type of things, your body's experiencing severe trauma um, and various comp complexities of trauma because one person could experience divorce, homelessness, and could have experienced some type of physical or, or um, um, sexual abuse. And so now that's three traumas, three types mm -hmm. of, of traumas that makes it complex because mm -hmm. a complex trauma is more than one type of trauma that you're experiencing. And so when, when your, your body's engaged in that way, even if you don't tell anyone else on the earth that you're going through that and you, you think, oh, I'm going to just keep this to myself. I'll, I'll keep it a secret. Guess what? You may not tell anyone on the external, 
But internally, your heart is hearing it. Your heart mm -hmm. is experiencing it. Your, your kidney, your liver, you know, all your systems mm -hmm. in your body. And, and so let's think of that mom who experienced that and she's with child. Mm -hmm. That fetus is experiencing some form of trauma. Yeah. And so then they, you know, that child comes into the earth and um, when birth and, and though it may, you may not see anything indicated um, when the child is born later on in life, you know, various things could happen mm -hmm. uh, and you start to see and we'll question the mom, how was that pregnancy? How was your pregnancy? You know, um, my last child, Charleston, was a triplet. Oh, wow. And um, my other two children, his siblings, passed away um, before they were born. Oh. And so I remember the doctor saying to me, and, you know, after, after the procedure and, and we're, we're trying to make sure that Charleston's life is saved. Mm -hmm. um, the doctor said, Dr. Hunt, Charleston at this time, you know, he didn't know his name was going to be Charleston, but he said, Dr. Hunt, your, your child now is by himself. Mm. He's accustomed being in there with two other siblings Mm -hmm. I need you to try to be as positive as possible. I need you to try to be as happy as possible because if he starts to feel lonely, alone, he may not make it. So I want you to read to him and continue to, to you know, um, speak to him. And show and, him with love. And show him with love. Yeah, and, and here it is. This is not a child that's on the external this is yeah. a child that's on the internal. And so, you know, that's how we know that the brain is connected to every part of what we do, mm -hmm. right? And, and those, those hormones pass down the nervous system into the different parts of our bodies. And so mm -hmm. it's so important that we try to self-regulate, try to emotionally regulate. And if you need help, get that help. It is not abnormal to seek help. Yeah. It is abnormal not to seek help. Yeah. Get the help that you need so that you could be well. And so that this trauma is not passed down through the generations by your DNA. Yeah. Because it, it is scientifically proven that it can be healthy individuals. You know, I use the example, think of a paper cut. We've all had a paper cut and, and <laughs> you know, I've shared this. We all have a paper cut. We have a paper cut on Monday. By Wednesday, we forgot that we even had the paper cut. Why? Because the message from our body, from our brain was sent, our cells know, intruder, mm -hmm. go, go, go protect that area. Go heal that yep, area. It's healing. It's healing. It's just the yeah. process we were created to heal. Our, our yeah. bodies were created to self-heal. But could you imagine when, when there's an intruder of negative thoughts? Mm -hmm. Someone saying, you're stupid. You're never going to be anything. You know, you're dumb. Someone hitting us, that, that bruise may heal. But psychologically, those words hurt. 
And those words were traumatic for us to receive in our selfhood. Mm-hmm. And, that, mm-hmm. and, and how does the brain send a message to the cells to heal something that is that is that hit the soul and the spirit? It's mm-hmm. not the same way that it can be healed as that paper cut. Yeah. And so, you know, that's why it's so important that we we implement self-care, self-concern, self-advocacy, self-value, mm-hmm. um, self-compassion, self-empathy. And as you said something in the beginning that was so powerful, it is not selfish no. to implement um, these things because it's not just you that it will happen to. It's, the, it's your generation's. Mm-hmm. From the lineage of your family, very important. Absolutely. What you just mentioned there takes us, when I say directly to the next question, triggers. Yes. How do we, tell us, how do we manage triggers? What are triggers? If someone triggers you, whether it's by a thought, maybe it's a word, maybe it's a look, maybe it's a a body movement, something mm-hmm. that the person, maybe it's their presence. Their presence triggers you from some traumatic experiences you've had in the past. Yeah. How do we, how do we navigate triggers by not allowing triggers to take over our existence and become so traumatized? Well, I, I tell you, trauma triggers physical responses, right? So, mm-hmm. um, and and so because trauma can trigger us from a physical perspective, it shuts down and it shuts down the higher functioning parts of our brain when we're triggered. Um, and, and that higher um, functioning part of our brain is rational. You know, it, it, it can, it makes rational decisions and so mm-hmm. forth. But here it is. Um, you know, I'll use an example. I, I once had a, a um, client say to me, Dr. Hunt, that cop triggered me, right? This is a young lady who was, who was um, put into the situation of human trafficking by family. And it's, it's interesting because the, the police officer said she was doing really good with us. Something happened and she just like switched. And so I went in and I said, um, what happened? You know, what, what activated you? I use the word activate because what I realized some, with some of my clients, when I say trigger, that mm-hmm. was a trigger that activated them mm-hmm. because she was kidnapped or, or lured into um, this lifestyle, he would put a gun to her forehead and say, you do what I tell you, I'm going to pull the trigger. Mm. So the very word trigger mm-hmm. took her back. And remember now, the brain doesn't know the difference between if this happened 10 years ago or if it's happening at the moment. At the moment. Wow. Right. So something could happen to you one time that was traumatic. But every time that you are activated, the brain viewpoint, it's seeing that it's happening right then and there over again. So something that happened once 
the brain could perceive that it's happening a hundred times. You know, every time you get activated, the brain is thinking that it's happening right then and there again. When I went in to converse with her and I said, well, what activated you? She said, um, that other cop walked in and I could smell the cigarette on his breath. And that's the same cigarette scent that the John used to, you know, that the John smokes the same brand cigarettes. Oh. So that, that caused her to shut down. Mm-hmm. And so I, what I want people to understand is that um, activation engages the five senses. So when I, I say to people, what's trauma? Trauma is trauma can be seen through some the smell of something. Mm-hmm. Trauma can exist through the through something that someone sees. Um, meaning that you know it can be activated. The the you know activation slash trigger. I want people mm-hmm. to just get a clear understanding that when I say activation, I I, I am referring to the trigger that you asked about. The mm-hmm. sound of something. Um, the taste or the touch, the smell, sight, sound, taste, touch can actually activate someone. Mm-hmm. Um, something that they they experience, the tone of someone's voice, touch. Some people don't like to be touched. And, you know, some people aren't huggers. Some yeah. people just want you to say hello. And, and you say, well, I'm a hugger. And sometimes we're intrusive and we don't even yeah. realize. Respect the person's space. Yeah. Because, you know, I've had people say, I'm a hugger. I hope you are. And then they just came in and hugged me, you know, pre-COVID, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and we don't know whether or not I'm a hugger. Yeah. But they just hugged me. I and- need to respond first. And people need to respect that. They intrude other people's spaces without allowing them the chance to invite them in. That's right. And adults do that in children a lot. Yes. Go hug your X, Y, Z. I've never been one to um, enforce on my children to go hug anyone or to, to be in spaces where they're not comfortable. Yeah. Um, because when when you do that, you are diminishing their voice. You should not do that. And so this is what happens when when we and you know people mean well. I, I get yeah, it. I know they mean well, but we have to just be cognizant that we have not had the same lived experiences as someone else. Mm-hmm. And so because we haven't had the same lived experiences, how I execute my, you know, my approach, if it's not done correctly, it cancels out my intention. Mm-hmm. So my intention is to hug you and give you love. My mm-hmm. intention is to offer you food. My intention is, you know, to, to play a certain song or set a tone or what have you. But if it's not done with the right approach, it will not be greatly appreciated and received. You know, I've heard people say once they are activated, um, they could be in a room and and I've heard them say, well, you know what? I I was in that room, but I felt excluded. Hmm. Um, I was there, but I felt powerless. 
I was there, but I felt unheard. I felt unsafe. I felt forgotten. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt disconnected. Yeah. I felt uncared for or manipulated. And these are, are things that individuals who have experienced trauma, they are they are activated because that's how they felt when they didn't have control of the situations that caused the trauma. I felt blamed. I felt a lack of, of affection. So if you're neglected as a child, you are looking for neglect throughout your life. Yeah. You are looking for disrespect if you were disrespected. You're looking for that. You're not looking for some person to come all of a sudden and shower you with love because you don't have that lived experience. Understand that, and you know, we we've been conditioned, um, and 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 we need to unlearn certain things and and Mm -hmm. relearn it correctly because we've been conditioned that if someone is not receptive to what we are offering, that there's a problem with them. Look, look. <laughs> um, because of, of what they went through. So do not, and that's why I always say, do not have any preconceived biases as to anyone, because you know what? Some people are actually living um, in a dividedness of their own personal pathology hmm. because of their lived experience. Right. They, so we, we have to be very careful. You know, I, I love the saying that that if you are here with us, if you're here unfaithfully with us, you're doing terrible damage. As we walk this life, this journey, we have to really try to be faithful to our, our fellow man. Mm-hmm. And being faithful to our fellow man means understanding that I may not function the same way as you. So I may not want to hug, but I may give you a smile. I may like smiles. So mm-hmm. smile, right? Yeah. Um, we don't know the the trauma um, coming from the ACEs that an individual has experienced. And so their worldview is completely different mm-hmm. than ours. You know, as a child, I experience that person that that was unfaithful to humanity and to my existence right because you know having an uncle that that would molest his niece um Mm. was an unfaithful act to my selfhood to my person to my privacy to to my pride um to to my innocence and so that's why I, I say so much. Let, let's all really try to be faithful citizens of, of humanity in a way mm-hmm. where we don't invade space and we don't live to activate the wrong types of behavior yeah. Yeah. in individuals. Yeah. And, and when you say being faithful, I think sometimes people look like externally, I think the first place you try to be faithful is within your own self. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I have a saying, how can you affirm my identity and deny your own? Mm-hmm. And so you cannot tell me how 
great I am, and even in, in my sessions when I'm or, or in my trainings, what have you, um, I in my mentorship groups that I have, I say to my mentees all the time, do not come up to me telling me how wonderful I am, mm-hmm. how anything that's great and grand I am, and you cannot look at yourself in the mirror and say it as well. Mm-hmm. Because if you cannot love you in totality, appreciate you in totality, accept you in totality, then you cannot do it for me. So it's it's about that discovery of self, yeah. um, who you are, appreciating the fact that you are not the same as anyone else because you weren't created to be. Yeah. Um, all the things about you that's just awesome. Mm-hmm. Appreciate that. Whatever size you are, hey, it's your size. How your eyebrows are, it's yours. How you walk <laughs> belongs to you. How yeah. you dress, that's your fashion sense, and it's cool. That's you your know. expression. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Don't try to be anyone else. You know, um, everyone else is already taken, so you might as well be you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty much. You're not a copy. Yeah, you're not a copy. And I say you're that all the time, copy. right? That's our slogan. You, you, you're not a copy. You were created for greatness. Loving on, you know, loving you, loving on yourself, um, appreciating, identifying the great things about you, embracing it and executing your purpose on the earth. And you know what? Whoever doesn't like it, that's not your business. It's not your no. problem. That's theirs. Yeah. And, and you keep it moving and allow the space for forgiveness, not yeah. forgiveness just of other people. But forgiveness for yourself. Mm-hmm. Forgive yourself for not valuing you. Yeah. Um, you can't do what you don't know. And so, you know what? Maybe you may be, you know, someone may be saying, well, um, I didn't value myself when I was younger and I did this and I did that. Mm-hmm. Well, you didn't know. Yeah. But now you do. So let it go so that your organs can be healthy. Yeah. <laughs> right. So you, so you can breathe, and and you said it right. Is if if you if you don't know what that thing is that um you're supposed to do in the moment, in you doing, in you making these mistakes, these are how you. That's how you grow. That's yeah. how you learn. And that's for me. I always go back to to being a parent and being a mother, because I I tell my children all the time, making the mistakes is part of the process. Because now that you've experienced this, now you know for the future. And wouldn't you want to experience it on something small like this and learn? And now you can move forward with the knowledge? That's right. Because that that knowledge of self is so important. That, that knowledge of self allows you to um, think on a grander scale. Yeah. The knowledge of self allows you to bring to the earth what you were placed here to to do. Um, and, and, you know, what, what I've seen in, in all these years is as individuals gain that realization, they recognize their self, they respond differently. That space, that grounding, they're better stewards of love to themselves and those on, on, on the outside. But until you get to that space where you accept you and 
you begin to live from the inside out. Mm-hmm. You have to, to, to make it a daily mission. I'm going to grow today mm-hmm. regardless. And, and that growth could include reading. That growth could definitely include making sure that the people that are around you are people that are from a mixed perspective. Like mm-hmm. everyone that's in your circle should not be on your level. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, I, love might, it. I might step on some toes now. It's okay. That's what we're here for. You, you know what I mean? I mean, y'all can't all mm-hmm. be on the same page because mm-hmm. then who in the group is pulling others higher? You need to to look at yourself, look at what goals you have, write them down, write down what it could be that you want to be an astronaut. It doesn't matter. This is your life. This is your purpose, your calling, Mm -hmm. you know, write it down. And then I want, you know, you to write, what will it take to ascertain this goal? And you write down all those steps. Now I want you to research who were astronauts before you and and what did they do to to get to where they are and look around your circle and really do inventory Mm -hmm. and and say, you know, um, I love y'all and we could all be cool and everything, but but I'm going this direction. Some of y'all got to go. Some of y'all, you know, we'll check in from time to time, mm-hmm. but, but really be on a mission of excellence and, and really see, connect. I yeah. One of the most phenomenal things that have happened to me is a young lady mm-hmm. wanted to be my mentee. And mm-hmm. I, I only take on a certain amount of mentees a year. Um, sometimes every two years, because I want to be able to really mentor correctly yeah, and, and to spend that time. And um, so she reached out to me on LinkedIn hmm. and someone told her about one of the, um, one of my conferences and lectures and stuff like that. And so she, she was a part of it. And then she reached out and I told her at the time, I said, I, I, I'm, I'm unable to have you as my mentee at this moment because, you know, I don't believe in doing anything and, and it not be done in excellence. I must execute in excellence, right? Mm-hmm. And so it will be a disservice for you for me to take you on and know that I can't provide the time. And she said, okay, Dr. Hunt, um, I appreciate you, but I'll be checking in from time to time. <laughs> and her time to time was like every other week. <laughs> Shoot. I thought she meant a few months. No, she was persistent. Yeah. And you know what? Because she said to me, when I look at what you have done, that's exactly what I want to do. Ooh. And I said to her, you know, when I hear you, my expectation is that you supersede me. Mm-hmm. Any real mentor knows that they want their apprentice or their mentee. 
I have to be able to see you go past what I've accomplished yeah. on the earth. Yeah. And trust me, I'm going to accomplish a lot, right? Mm -hmm. so, I have to propel you forward. I have to. Yeah. And so do you know that just her tenacity to not give up mm -hmm. caused her to be a part of, I mean, for the last two years, she's been in legislative meetings with me. She's wow. been, she's been all over with me. Why? Yeah. Because she took the courage to venture out of her circle. Yeah. And that's what we need to do. And it doesn't mean that, oh, well, she's in college. And so, you know, um, she can do that. No, you that are 40 years old, 50 years old, 60 years old, you can do the same thing. Just decide what you want to do and do that. And do that. Reach mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. Have the courage to reach out. And I always say, you know, LinkedIn was great because it's it's professional um, individuals. One, you know, praise that everyone can stay that way. Yeah. Um, but look up people who have accomplished things that you would like to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And and I promise you that the correct energy will come your way. Yeah. And and you will be connected just like I, I'm saying I, I want to be a part of, of an organization where a woman is just propelling women forward with purpose and excellence and value and virtue and vision. And I took the leap and I said, Hey, hello, Miss Farrah. <laughs> <laughs> you did. I think that I think that you're something awesome and and I want to be connected with you. Now here is a woman who other people, yeah. you know, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a young lady. I was I was given a speech at the United Nations for, for like a week on homelessness yeah. and, and what have you. And a young lady at the end, the last day from Ireland stood online for about two hours. Wow. To meet with me. And it wasn't even for her. It was for someone else. Wow. And I am connected to those two women up to today. They're like yeah. sisters to me. Yeah. And one of those women was previously incarcerated. And, oh, and you would think, oh, Dr. Hunt would never. And, and, and that's what the young lady who, the phenomenal young lady, Shawana Vaughn, she um she said, Dr. Hunt, from time to time, she says it all the time. She said, she'll say, I still can't believe that a woman of your status, I can call my sister. Mm. A woman who's, who's spoken and advised leaders around the world yeah. would see me as a sister. Yeah. And I, I said, you know, I'm blown by that statement because at the end of the day, I'm just a human um, I am just a woman who functions under the unction of godliness, of righteousness, of fairness. And, mm -hmm. and so it's about, you know, reaching out, having the courage for courageous conversation, um, yeah. so that your life can be changed. Take that, that, that initiative and change your circle mm -hmm. where you need to. Well said, you know, when you talk about your circle and talk about your tribe, I, I, I want to add something for our listeners, because sometimes we, you know, we hear the phrase about, you know, keep, keep like-minded people around us. And, and that is, you know, true to a certain extent. 
But like Dr. Hunt just mentioned, elevate your circle, expand your circle, reach out, and there are people within your circle that may not have your best interests at heart. And if these people just become echo chambers for you, where they don't challenge you, and their perceptions and, and, and just their viewpoints do not differ from yours, then you know that you, you have to expand. You have to in, include people who also challenge you, who may tell you the things that you, you need to hear, not necessarily what you want to hear at the time. That's the people you want to keep around you, those that challenge you. You know, Dr. Hunt, you, you absolutely execute in excellence. You, you love everyone genuinely. Love is, you know, desiring good for others. But love starts with ourselves. It starts with you loving you. It starts with you accepting all of you. And I love you like a sister. I will tell you again, I am so grateful to have you in my life. I'm so, so happy that moment that you sent me that message that I listened and I responded to you because you continue to change my life. You continue to share knowledge that makes me a better individual, a better wife, a better mother, a better sister. And I am just always so grateful for that. Um, the pandemic has brought upon, you know, so many challenges for, for all of us globally, you know, how, how do you see the world coping better as we transition, hopefully through an epidemic, with this collective trauma that we've gone through for the past two years? You are just hitting the questions. I mean, I am loving this <laughs> and go on forever because yep. you know sometimes this is going to be the longest podcast. I'm just telling. I'm just telling all listeners. We may have to break this into two two-part series, uh, part, you know, A and B, because this is going to be a long one. It's going to be, yes. I, I, and you know, when it comes to Farah, I'll just say this. I, I donate and dedicate my time <laughs> because I'm <laughs> We have this sisterhood that yeah. is like no other. <laughs> so, you know, it's, we have these positive and, and intellectual conversations. Yeah. So stimulating. Yeah, because you know, and, and this is another this is another reason why we tell individuals check to see who you're connected to. Yeah. Because you you want to be able to grow and learn from each other. The the pandemic, um, there, so there's a lot of different aspects that we, we look at, right? Because the pandemic, what it did is it brought to the forefront issues that were not addressed previously. And those issues caused us to lose members of humanity. And so it, it, it brought on fear. It, different viewpoints, different worldviews of everything and hopelessness and, and you are correct. These last two years, have brought on um, collective, what we call collective trauma. Collective trauma is a, a situation or experience that a, a society experiences together. We didn't see it coming. We knew that members of our societies were living in 
impoverished areas and situations and didn't have, some members didn't have health insurance and um, because of economic instability, experienced um, and we're living with experiencing, not having the, the, the correct food to eat. You know, it's cheaper to buy the fast food. And to, um, so, so we were dealing with, you know, those various situations that I mentioned beforehand. But um, it brought to the forefront the lack of trust for the medical profession. Brought that up. It seemed as though it was settled at the bottom, right? Mm -hmm. And, and so now we were dealing with the reality of lack of trust and um, it took us into a span where the numbers of physical and sexual abuse, domestic violence, those numbers um, were even higher because now we were on lockdown for a period of time and we were on lockdown with our abuser. Mm -hmm. um, our children were being educated online. And so the predator was online as well when they go mm -hmm. to search. And um, we thought that our children were just doing their homework, but they were in these various sites and so forth. And, mm -hmm. and so we saw the discrimination, we, the, the poverty and the violence was evident. Um, once again, that lack of opportunity and economic mobility and social capital came to the forefront. So we saw all of these things, the health disparities, we, we, we saw it. And how do we deal with all of that and COVID? It caused people to go into severe depression, um, children to be very alarmed and unsure. Our health, you know, professionals, essential workers working around the clock and becoming overwhelmed and exhausted. Mm -hmm. and, and why am I saying all of this? Is because I, you know, sometimes we we only internalize how something affected us, but we don't look at the larger picture. Um Medical professionals couldn't go, some didn't even go home. They were afraid to go home because they did not want to expose their loved ones to anything possible. Mm -hmm. Some of us, you know, I, I'm a professor in addition to all the other hats that I wear. And I too, some of my students, um, they expired due to COVID. I had a student who I had to stay on the phone in and out with for 17 hours because her aunt passed away um, in the apartment with her. And so we're talking about trauma that collect that that um, collective trauma, the various complexities of trauma, hopelessness, the terror, that helplessness. How do you now look? at your society, at your neighbor, at your life, and try to, to even find some type of hope in the midst of all of this. Yeah. I tell you one thing that I also saw, now that I've told you all that, you know, brought us trauma. 
what I also saw was love in the midst of darkness. I saw people picking up phones and checking on loved ones. I saw individuals leaving food outside of um, other um, neighbors' homes. You know, they would wear gloves and go purchase food for, for individuals that they knew, you know, were unable to um, go shopping or, or what have you. Mm-hmm. I saw hope. I saw the absolute presence of hope ambassadors rising up. I, for one, made myself available for any clinician or, you know, any nurse, any essential worker that was out working. I made myself available to be able to be on the phone when they needed to vent, to cry, to scream, um, to share a, a situation, a story, and just listened. Some people I never met in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw families have to be together in a home and, and watch television together or laugh. And watching television, actually watching shows that did not have to deal with just the news, you know, just something to bring something light into the home. I saw people rely on their inner strength um, and fight not just for themselves, their families, but for humanity. I saw love be transferred. I saw the transformation of community togetherness, though they could not be... um, in person with each other. People opened up windows and had conversations. <laughs> People actually did that. People opened yeah. up windows and, and was, you know, they were playing music and singing songs. I saw that in New York, yeah. Yeah, they were, you know, people were delivering food to non-essential workers. People were doing, you know, we, we, we watch the news and we see all the negativity. But we have to talk about the positivity because, Humans are, are, are unbelievable beings. When given the space, the opportunity, and, and the, the privilege to be our true loving selves, we can be some amazing, amazing people. And so I saw that. Um, yes, I saw frustration. Yes, I saw um, hardship. But one of the great things is it brought things to the forefront. Now, how are we going to fix the health disparities of our um, fellow members of society? How are we going to address mental health issues? How are we going to address injustices and lack of economic mobility and and all of these things? Though we, we experienced and we continue in and out, you know, because COVID did not disappear and we have all these, you know, different variants and, and worldviews and vaccinations and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said, I, I saw hope. I saw love and I continue to see hope. I continue to see love. I want us to, one thing I do want us to do is to really check in on how our children are doing. Yeah. 
check in on how our children, because once again, they're not little adults, they are children. Yeah. Check in on them, see how they're doing, see how they perceive the information that's going around. I want us to be cautious as to, and I said this to so many individuals as, you know, COVID from the beginning of COVID, your conversations that you have on the telephone, don't think your children aren't hearing what's being said. What you watch in television, don't think that they're not seeing and hearing what is being watched on television. And they're interpreting, you know, information in the only way that they can as a child. Mm -hmm. So have conversation. And for those who have been having conversation, continue to have conversation. And make sure that your voice and your home creates the protective space. I don't really say safe space because what's safe for me may mm -hmm. not be safe to someone else. Mm -hmm. But protective space um, is, is just that, where you are protective to have your soul show up and not be judged, ridiculed by any biases or, or anything that may take place. What are your children saying? And in their age, it matters, you know, so don't say, well, they're too young to have an opinion. They have an opinion. Yes, they do. They have a viewpoint. Mm -hmm. Check in on them. Make sure that they are okay. And before you do that, check in on you. Yes. Check in on you. Make sure that, that you are doing well. Make sure that if you are experiencing anything, that you bring it to the, to the forefront because you know, this collective trauma is a public health issue. Yeah. It's a public health issue. And, and if we don't ask our children and our loved ones, they may not tell. We yeah. have to ask them. Allow protective space for individuals to tell their stories in order to increase, you know, them sharing, we must decrease the barriers. And we must... Um, also improve our responses, you know, um, and, and we must have culturally competent, trauma-informed care and conversation. So I would say, um, you know, definitely give value to voice, give value to space, take on the initiative. And once you've checked in on you and you're regulated, become a hope ambassador. I like that. Become a hope ambassador. Become that person that says, listen, we um, don't know about tomorrow. We know about today. We know about right now. And right now, I offer you compassion, empathy, love, and understanding. Because mm -hmm. that's what every human needs. Because yeah. when you offer those things, you know what you say? You, you're saying to that person, you're not invisible. I see you. You're not invisible. You matter. So, mm -hmm. so be a hope am am ambassador is on the other side of the coin where you're saying, Dr. Hunt, I am going through a level of anxiety. I'm going through a level of depression. I'm going through a level of, of loneliness. Mm -hmm. I want you to know you're not alone. I want you to know that that indeed there are individuals that are there to to hear you, 
um, allow you the space to share, allow you the space to open up and be mm -hmm. in protective space. And don't try to go about it alone. If you need someone to talk to, please reach out and, and, and talk to, you know, um, someone about what you're feeling, someone about what you're going through, you know, they're, they're 1-800 numbers that, that I would even share if you feel as though, you know, um, the, the National Suicide Prevention mm -hmm. uh, number, you know, 800-273-TALK, which is really 800-273-8255. Um, domestic Violence Hotline is 800 seven nine nine seven two three three you know national child abuse hotline is eight hundred four two two four four five three the national sexual assault hotline is eight hundred six five six four six seven three there's a number for elder care which is eight hundred Six seven seven one 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 six. The number for veterans in in crisis is also eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. There are people like me. I'm not the only one, but they're 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 hope ambassadors. They're clinicians. They're professionals that that are here to help you if you're going through a crisis. You're never alone. I came into this profession because I knew it was my calling because I knew that I wanted individuals to know they're not alone. They're not the only ones. They're not the first ones. It's it it. it it's not for them to blame themselves if they're just not feeling okay. It's okay not to feel okay. So yeah. reach out, you know, um, and, and say, hey, I need someone to talk to because there are people that are there. I know what we're going through and what we continue to go through can be overwhelming. But believe me when I say, I don't want anyone to try to yes i want you to plan for the future but i want you to breathe take in your moments mm -hmm. regulate scan your bodies speak positivity to yourself to your spirit and and remember that your brain is always listening and that's why i want you to speak positivity because your brain is receiving what your mouth says your brain is a gate it's, it's your spiritual gate, you know, it's your energy gate. So I want you to, to really take in things and say things that are positive. Say it even if you don't believe it. Eventually, <laughs> eventually it will resonate. Right? Yeah. That's very true. Thank you, Dr. Hunt, for sharing all those um those numbers that anyone who's going through a crisis can now reference the podcast and, and find the help that they need and know that someone is on the other line and they're ready to listen. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I like to, to make sure um, that I share that. And, and, and one more, um, the, the, you know, for those who, 
uh, are looking for just that COVID-19 emotional support, there's a number also 844-863-9314. And, and so, you know, I, I share those numbers Thank because you. oftentimes you're quite welcome. Oftentimes we have conversations and we tell people there's help. Mm -hmm. um, we say things like, you know, look for the resources in your areas or what have you, but we don't necessarily share what those resources are. Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, so that's why I, I, I tend to have those numbers. Some of them are very handy, guys, but I have them <laughs> handy. Um, and you can find a psychologist on psychology. You know, you look up, type in in your in Google psychology today or or anything like that. And, and you know, you can find different psychologists in your area um, and in various specialties. Like, you know, mine, it happens to be trauma and, and sexual violence and, you know, um, incarceration and, and stuff like that. But it's important that people know that the information is there, the help is mm -hmm. there, the resources are there. And why? Why did I go to school for 10 years? I went to school for 10 years to make sure. Long time. Plus yeah. years because you know what? I still have to do the professional development, right? So, yeah. um, so <laughs> I go to school and I learn all of this and it's not yeah. for me. Yeah. It's not for me alone. It's really for the betterment of humanity. humanity. Yeah. And, and I love it that you shared it because I was going to ask you, how does someone mm -hmm. who's listening to the podcast who needs help in in coping with trauma and dealing with traumas in their life or, or are affected or in a situation that they need help to get out of? How do they find the resources? So here you go. You shared everything. So, yeah. so thank you so much for doing that. Oh, you are quite welcome. We're all in this, this journey together. Yeah. And, and, you know, some of us are, are, you know, different parts of the journey, but, um, you know, we're here. Yeah. And uh, in this walk of life, you know, um, I, I, I say we we are created in relationship and through relationship. And I, when I say created, however you got here by your mom and mm -hmm. your dad, you were created here um, by relationship. relationship. You are loved in relationship. Yeah. But you are also harmed in relationship. And honestly, you can only heal through relationships. The power so, of relationships. The power of relationships. Oh. And, and so don't think that you have to go through anything alone. Yeah. As, as humans, we, we, we thrive by being in relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, um, our very existence is because someone else has helped us along, you know, mm -hmm. in various capacities. And so don't suffer in silence. Don't feel um, embarrassed to say, I need help. Yes. As I told you, I am a clinician that has a clinician. I'm Absolutely. a therapist that has a therapist. <laughs> and and th thank you, thank you for mentioning how important it is to to listen to the young ones, to listen to the children, and to ask them how they feel. Because I know personally, my my daughter was very young when the pandemic hit, and 
I mean, she was greatly affected. We would go to the park and she would, she would just ask me, she's like, am I going to make a friend today? And she would, she would just start waving at people because she missed being around other people and being around other children. And it was very hard for her. And it, it's, you know, it's still challenging. Wow. Now um, she's back into gymnastics and she goes once a week and her whole life has changed because of this. And so she's so happy to be back among her peers, to be doing what she loves. And we really have to listen to our children and we have to understand that we understand that they're children, but sometimes you want them to have the maturity of an adult. Right. But know that they're children and they're going to process things very differently than we do. Be patient with them. Allow them to just be and to be in the moment where they can feel and then they can share with you just how something is affecting them or, or how you can help them. But allow them to be first and, and, and then have the conversation with them. The conversation with them is very important. Absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, the same way that neglect can cause PTSD, mm-hmm. you know, um, valuing and, and allowing their voice to be heard is such a positive thing for, for their development and for them to be productive adults in life, because then they will seek out relationships where they know that they are valued, where they know that they matter. Mm -hmm. And, And so they will not have, you know, the, the, the possibility is so much less of them having relationships that are not going to be conducive for them because mm-hmm. what we do by allowing that space um, for their voices to be heard and, and valuing them is we allow the foundation in their selfhood to, to be, um, you know, start to, to be planted and, and, and start to bloom. Mm-hmm. And so very important that we, we structure, you know, that protective space for them. I thank you for even sharing, you know, about conversations and games and, you know, family structure that you have. And I tell you this all the time. I'm just, mm-hmm. I so appreciate the, your presence and your husband's presence mm-hmm. in, in, in how the children are being raised because it's so, so very important. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't take money to value their voice. Mm-mm. It does not take riches to plant that foundation of of individuality, yeah. of love, empathy, compassion, and understanding. Mm-hmm. And so we have to offer that to our children and, and, and to each other and to ourselves because... Um, you know, I, I say often the problems when we say, oh, children, you know, this child creates so much issues. The problems mm-hmm. that children, um, the problem that children show is not the the, the, the reason for their problems. So you see a child misbehave and just think that it's just an unruly child. But go down to the root and see mm-hmm. what's going on. Sometimes it's that influx of information that they don't know how to decipher that's causing them yeah. to act out. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when we create that space, because remember what I said, behavior is a language. Behavior mm-hmm. is secondary. It's not primary. We allow that space. We also bring healing into to the family unit. And when you bring 
healing to a family, you bring healing to a community. When you Absolutely. bring healing to a community, you bring healing to a state and to a nation. So definitely, um, I love that you you do that because um, it's necessary. Let's lessen the trauma. Let's lessen the trauma. Let, that's, and that's what it is. I think, uh, you know, my husband and I, before we had children and we were married, we waited five years. And we planned it out as to how we wanted to, to work on ourselves as individuals, as well as to build a strong relationship before we brought anyone else in. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, and that's, that's just the way we parent. We, we consciously parent our children. Mm, we, we are present with them. We decided to homeschool because we wanted to be actively in their lives. We wanted to teach. We wanted to to share life with them because we knew that time that we had with them was a short period of time. And if we didn't give them that foundation, then they would turn out to be individuals in a community that were not actively contributing positively to that community. And that's what we wanted. And because of our own experiences, our own traumas we went through, we want, we decided to stop it at that generation and not pass it on to our children. How wonderful is that? How wonderful is that? That's, that's, you know, I applaud both of you for coming to that realization and say, you know, okay, how, how are we doing yeah. before we invite other human mm. lives into what we, um, want to do uh, mm -hmm. moving forward let's check in on self and mm -hmm. let's check in on this relationship and see how we are doing before we include others we consciously decided on building a family building a family that we wanted waiting five years between each child and it's not perfect it but it's the decision that we actively made for our family and it works for us and so to anyone i say you know you Build a family that you want, you know, envision it and then build it. It's going to take a lot of hard work. And every day I wake up, my husband and I consciously work on, actively work on being better individuals, better wives and husbands, better parents. And, and, and so nothing's perfect, you know, nothing's perfect, but you, you can work towards being your best self and you bring your best self to that relationship. Absolutely. I'm not a perfect individual, you know, neither is my husband. I, I've known my husband since I was, um, I think I was nine and he was 12. So we've been oh, in this wow. thing for a long time. <laughs> so, I mean, the minute that, that we got old enough, we were like, yeah, let's get married and get these babies. And so, <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I we didn't have that that insight in the conversation of you know what let's do um, <laughs> let's do this. I was just like, let's go, and, let's go. <laughs> as well. And you know, you, you know me, I'm as transparent as anything. Look, <laughs> and, and I love that about you. I really do. You know, I really love that about you. So what what we knew though was that we wanted our voice not by volume but mm -hmm. by importance mm. we knew that we wanted our voice to be louder than the noise on the outside correct 
So we have a policy where our children can talk to us about anything. Mm -hmm. um, and we don't listen to respond. We listen to understand. Mm. Because remember, I said you don't have to agree to understand. Listen to understand. I'm writing this one down, by the way. Yeah. Listen to understand, not to respond. So we created where they could share what they were feeling. Our insight mattered more than the child their age mm -hmm. or the adult who may not practice our religion, who may mm -hmm. not practice our belief system, who may not practice, you know our um, structure for how we wanted our family to be raised. You have to put in the work. Mm -hmm. You have to put in the work. But I wanted my children to, to also know that, um, you know, love, though it's pure and it's profound, Love is profound because it takes you places that you thought you would never go. It stretches you. It requires of you to be structured, to be bendable, to embrace change. Love it is, and, and that's why it's so deep because, and mm -hmm. we make it kind of superficial in, in, in essence, but it is not because love is godly. It, yeah. it comes from him. And so we wanted them to know that in this house of this protective space, because I am, as I mentioned, I, you know, I'm more, I function with, within my faith. And so I'm a Christian. And so I believe in being that theophany, that visible manifestation of God on the earth. And I, I had to let my children see my humanity, but see that, that God loves them beyond their mistakes. And so must I. And every day that, that they get a, a new opportunity to open their eyes is a new day uh, uh, to change, to grow, to self-love and self-understand and, and, and give to, to humanity. So it's, it's so important that, that that's the, that, that was the foundation for us and that I did not, I don't see them as these, you know, demigods, these little <laughs> perfect, they better be perfect. They better not, you know, no, yeah. breathe, please people breathe and, and yeah. enjoy life and, and love as parents. We're not perfect. We may not get mm -hmm. it right. Yeah. And that we are bold enough to say, sorry. Yeah. When we make a mistake, we're bold enough. It's, you got to be bold. And and to my husband, I have to be bold enough to say, oh, babe, I thought I was going to get that one right. But, you know, I was not regulated. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I may I'll have, try better next time. Yeah, I may have done or said something. And, yeah. and you know, um, but to apologize. Create, yeah, yeah, apologize, you know. Yeah. Um, and what I, 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 I implemented was... Ask the person why they apologize. Mm -hmm. And I did that in my schools also. 
when that's I, my mom. <laughs> yeah, when I would see when I would see children, you know, someone hit someone else. I I started yeah. to see teachers say apologize. The person will say I'm sorry, and then the other child will say it's okay, and they walk away. And I I said that's wrong. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, what was wrong that he or she apologized? I said wait. One child hit the other or said something that was um, inappropriate. You said apologize. They apologized. One didn't state why they apologized. Mm -hmm. And so the, the person who was harmed said, it's okay. okay. And that was it. It's never okay to have someone hit you. Yeah. To have someone abuse you, it's never okay. It's never okay um, to say something to someone that, that, you know, is so harmful that they could live with that for the rest of their life. And all we did was say, it's okay. So I said, from now on, instead of saying it's okay, if someone says, I'm sorry for hitting you, I should not have, you know, um, invaded your space or I should have you know, um, kept my hands to myself and, or I mm -hmm. should have dealt with it in another way. The other person on the receiving end gets the right to say, what you did was not okay, but I forgive you. Mm -hmm. What you did is not okay. Don't do that again. I release it in forgiveness. Mm-hmm. I don't want our children conditioned to just say it's okay. The only thing it's okay that, that we should say it's okay about is it's okay to seek help if you need it. You know, yeah. I, I'm trying to regulate or I'm out of hit your back, right? Because that's really that's really what we want. Yeah. Absolutely. What you did was offensive, but I forgive you. Yeah. I get the opportunity. So to have control. them the control, yes, yes. Give them the control in the situation, especially yes. the children. Yeah, because what happens the is they grow up not feeling as though they get to control situations that happen to them, mm -hmm. and we don't want them to think that. So mm -hmm. you know, this is 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 what what we we look at and say: How do we holistically? cater to situations. So in yeah. every facet of our lives, you know, though we are different, understand we're, we're planting seeds. We're planting seeds and these seeds, though they may not show for five months, five years, eventually we're going to see what we planted. And that's why I say we, we have the societies that we have created. Yeah. And so if we're going to, to prevent and repair, we have to mm -hmm. face, we have to face, mm -hmm. we have to, to identify, we have to embrace the parts that we played in order mm -hmm. to execute change, identify, mm -hmm. embrace, and execute. Yeah. We have to accept that we've created a problem of now, how do we address it collectively together? That's right. So that we can all benefit. We cannot do it alone. We cannot. And that's why the relationship model is so important for yeah. us to, to acknowledge. Yeah. Um, we can do this together without having the same religion. 
We can do this together without having the same gender identity. We, you know, there's value in people who don't agree with us. They still matter. But I think that's the beautiful thing of diversity and just cultural background is that we bring different perspectives to the table. And the way I see something may be different from the way another person does. And if we all come together and put our heads together, how beautiful would it be to, to create something so profound? Because we bring in a collective intelligence, which is which is what it is. Absolutely. It's work every day. It's work mm -hmm. from a space of empathy. It's work that requires us to have compassion for a fellow mm -hmm. man, to, to allow the space of difference, to acknowledge that our, our, our worldviews are different. Children are the future. No, children are right now. Why are children <laughs> right now? Yeah, children are right now. You, you are an adult a whole lot longer than you are a child. And the mm -hmm. foundations for what's happening is if it's happening right now, children are receiving um, mm -hmm. the input of information. It's impacting them. Yes, into the, that yeah. computer. They're, they're getting it in their uh, minds and, and they're trying to assimilate the information as best as they can and, and they need mm -hmm. guidance. So because children are right now, and because you blink and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, I I I remember Charleston being a baby and, and now I'm yeah. looking at him and I'm like, oh my goodness, we're looking at colleges, you know? So yeah. it's like that we are going to implement change. We're change agents. We're ambassadors of hope. And it's not about trying to make this huge impact you're saying good morning to someone is impactful because not everyone has the finances not everyone has you may not have the time but what you do have yeah. um always is a hello mm -hmm. you a have moment. i remember when my husband and i were, were new parents and we were trying to figure this mm -hmm. thing out because i don't know they could write 500 books but I tell you, every child is different and, and you just have to um, implement things as you go along, right? And then you learn. So I knew, okay, I, I didn't have the Disney World money. You know, I'm going to be transparent. We didn't get to <laughs> Disney World until like, you know, years after our children were born. I went to <laughs> Disney as an adult, so hey. Yeah, you know, we, we didn't have, and don't get confused. Yeah. Don't try to be all those people that you see on, on you know, those people that are wealthy and affluent, just be who you are. I knew I didn't have Disney World money. And there's a place here called Coney Island in, in, in Brooklyn. I didn't have Coney Island money. And, um, and so what I knew I had was a couple dollars and I would throw parties for my children. And I called them the just because parties. I told my husband I, I should be within four hours, <laughs> three and a half hours.